So, Father, Lord, this morning, Lord, as a sign of surrender, we just want to ask, Lord, that you will bless us. Lord, that we will know and experience, because you are here, that we will be so aware of your presence that we can't stay the same. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Let's just give the Lord a hand. Um, hallelujah. Um, ek dink ek wil daak het so begin. Vir uh, allemaal waarvoor het vreemd is, dat ek in Engels bykie preek, ons het, het klomp ouwens in aak. Kom, misschien het die Heere hand vir ons aak ookies. Amen. Ons het a, we've got a lot of guys in aak, and not everyone is um, fluent in Afrikaans. So, we, we tend to go the route, we, we'll, we'll chase after the one. Amen. En um, so ek wil julle vraag, ach dat ons nie so traditioneel is en dat ons viele afkom oor taal of goed soos dit het, het afgekom by die toering van Babel. So dit moes laas week establish. So halleluja, ek gaan vanochtend vraag um, dat die heren sal wacht hou oor my, oor my stem. Um, ek, my stem is een bykie jes. Dan ek nie so dan die kootie gesoen nie. <laughs> dan die kootie het my laas week sondag het sy my man down gemaakt ek vir gaan bid het. Daai tanne het drie griep baie beter hanteer as ek. Uh, yes, like you know, wat, wat ook al het tanne vir my double dous teruggegeen. Haai mien systeem 5, is dit 80 jaar, 82 tanne? <laughs> Nek is nog nie tanne. Halleluja. Um, so, kom ons, kom ons sluit het so vinnig het ons ook, net vir ons net so bid. Papa, Vader, Heere, thank you Lord that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing and acceptable to you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, so today I'm going to speak on breaking the cycle, part three. I'm just going to ask, you guys can take up the offering. Um, I'm not going to spend time on the offering today. Uh, I quickly want to speak on a few cliches. You know what's a cliché? Sekere stellings wat gemaakt word in die kerk. Who's heard the... Um, the word, um, get out of your comfort zone. Amen. En, ek sit met die Heere in die week, en ek, ek, ek word geconfronteer, the word says, in the time that we preach, a lot of people are speaking of getting out of your comfort zone. But who knows that the Holy Spirit is called? The? The comforter. And I'm like, Lord, you're really going to have to help me with this idea, because, I don't think I've got church figured out yet. Um, so, as I sat with the Lord, I, I believe that the Lord doesn't want us to get out of the comfort zone because that's the zone where the comforter is in. Amen? He wants us to get out of the comfort of the lie that we have believed. Amen? This is when you in the stand up and you sing a mirage for you. And you go to it and it looks like this oasis, but there's nothing. And some of us has been living in the church a life where we've not allowed the comforter to come close to us because we continually want to get out of our comfort zones. So we are following men and not the spirit. And one of the things that the Lord just prompted upon my heart was that he wants me to be comfortable with him. I'm so comfortable with my wife. I go to shower. I get in the shower, I go sit on the toilet when she's in the shower, okay? So, 
I'm so comfortable with her that there's nothing that comes between us. She knows my ins and outs. She understands me. She knows when I'm angry. I can sing as my Frau Quartus. Her lippie wordt so kort. Okay? Dan weet ek nou zo uit aan die kwaad. Okay? Yes, give her hand. I live vanaf hoort nou korte wees na raaistelling. And as I sp- spend time with the Lord, I'm, I'm really trying to figure out just what, what is the kingdom all about. Because when Jesus came, he said the kingdom is at hand. With other words, it's in, in your reach. And yet there's times where I struggle to reach and to take hold of that which is already mine. Amen. So, vanochtend gaan ek so'n bykie praat, as ek praat oor breaking the cycle, gaan ek so'n bykie focus op vaderskap. En ek gaan volgende week jou waarschijnlijk continue daarop. Vir die simpel feit dat, ek glo dit is een van die meest misverteenwoordigste idees in die Koninkryk van God. It's one of the most neglected ideas in the kingdom of God. And so, uh, I believe that the Lord wants to put me in his comfort zone. He's so close to me. The Bible said for ons my hart getel. Hy weet precies, hy is die kenner van die hart en die prover van die nere. He knows exactly what's going on in my heart. He has called me and chosen me when I was yet a sinner. Amen. I remember that the Lord came and he, and he had to address certain ideas in my heart because it's, it's difficult for me to understand the fullness of God. And then I heard the Spirit say to me, you will never figure me out. Wie tal sy vrou uitgefigur? Okay. Kan ek sien, as iemand die binnen 40 jaar getrouwd, Marleen, jylle was, het Pieter jou uitgefigur, waar is Marleen? Okay. Wie is, wie, wie is, wie is 30 jaar getrouwd? 20? Is, sak het jou hand opgesteek? Is jy 30 jaar getrouwd? 35? Okay, so... Wie is meer as 35 jaar getrouwd? Kom ons, daar achter staan het vir my op, allemaal wat langer as 30 jaar getrouwd is. As jy langer as 30 jaar getrouwd is, staan vir my op. Ok, well done. Yes, ek ons gee vir die hande klap. Guys, that is called a generational blessing. It's an example for the next generation. That's what the gospel should be. It should be relevant for every generation afterwards. And I take these type of things in very high esteem. I kijk op dan. Sak die daai preek harder as enige engine wat brul. Okay? So, as I said to the Lord, I said to the Lord, I remember as a young man, I said to my wife, ek weet nie hoe om die wil ek te doen nie, maar ek weet precies hoe met nie te doen nie. And then the, I, I, I heard the Lord said, you won't figure me out, but I can show you what you should not do. En daar is sekere dinge wat die Heere in my hart kom losmaak het, wat ek net nie wil wees nie. Amen? Wie weet dat die hele leven gaan oor kees is? Alles wat ons vandag het, is gisterse kees is. Okay? As jy vandag, die Bible sê, laie haar kyk na die meer. If you are lazy, and you're sitting at home, you're doing nothing, then you're going to reap the fruit of a, a sluggish guy. You're going to reap the fruit of a, of a lazy person. And who doesn't work will not eat. Amen? So, I ask the Lord, Lord, give me revelation in this, in this fathering thing, because I believe fathers are givers and not takers. Amen? Who knows that, how many of you 
take more advantage of your children than they do of you. Is there anyone of you? Wie benefit meer uit hulle verhouding, uit jou verhouding uit? Nee, most unlikely. Hulle voel so, gevra vra oukie, hy met die kar was, en check hier hy, hulle weet nie, wie, wie sy kinders was nog kar? Hy my kost geveel hande klap, <laughs> daar is frieke goed, ek gaan vanmiddag haar ons vir my aansteek. Luister, so God the Father was the main thing, the main thing Jesus spoke on. He was the main thing. I've, I, I just want to do what I've seen the Father done do first. His heart, I, I want to stay in step with what the Father is doing. The main thing that Jesus spoke on is the most neglected idea in church today. Paul makes a statement. He says, you have many learners, but many fathers. You have many counselors or teachers, but few fathers. And the idea of it is not to be spiritually manipulated. I'm not going to speak on the human spiritual father. I'm going to speak on the father heart of God today. There's something that is grasped. If we understand his father heart, that will liberate us and set us free into a next dimension. The problem is with the father is that it was represented by man. God has instated man to represent him from the beginning. We were supposed to reflect him. We were made in his image. We were, we were made to bear. Amen? And the problem is that God is a good, good father, but many of us have not seen that example in our lives. And that's why I believe that this generation, fathership will be restored. We're going to see a move in, in, in Malachi. It says that the, that the Lord is going to restore the hearts of the fathers back to the sons and the hearts of the sons back to the fathers. Malachi 4. I believe that God is going to restore something in the father's heart. And it's not the, just the thing that Angus is doing. I'm just speaking about being validated and accepted by what God has done for you. How God has seen you first. If you can't believe that God chose you first, that you were first in His mind, you will always struggle to come close to God. It's always a problem of intimacy. I said the other day, one of the biggest issues, what I believe why so many people are dying around the world, is because they closed the church. And the church is the direct representative of the, the bride of Christ. And I is terug in Songs of Solomon van die bruidegom wat, die bruid wat die bruidegom soek en soek. And I know that, that the Lord is going to reveal himself. Whenever we see something in the physical and there's a counter in the spirit, I tell you something is about to happen. Something is really about to get loose and on the earth. And that's why I believe that the Lord has us on, on this road of beloved identity. It's because identity is only given by fathers. Okay? Daar is nie nie gees man of vrou nie. Jy kan een vrou wees en jy kan mense vader. Amen? Um, Moeder Teresa, up until today, when you go into India, in some of the areas where she was influential, they are still calling her, they will speak about Mother Teresa, and she, they said she was the best father they ever had. She was the best father. She was the provider. She was the identity layer. She was the one who was there. Identity ultimately comes from God. Amen? Your identity should lie in God, not in your wealth, not in your, um, in your qualification, not in the size of your car or the size of the engine of your car, not in anything else except 
in the Father, knowing that the Father is pleasing and acceptable over you. His thoughts over you is life and life in abundance. And one of the things that was so difficult for my heart to believe was that he could truly love someone with such a bad character, especially when I fell. Especially when I had, I couldn't get my foot. When I got everything right, I felt awesome. I felt so worthy. It was so easy to raise my hands and to give him all the glory. Guys, but it was so difficult in those times where I did not feel so good to accept that the Father still thinks of me, his identity over me is still beloved. He's called me beloved. He chose me. He's chasing after me. Amen? But we struggle to identify with him because we want to go to influence instead of intimacy. Amen? There's a big difference. The church is, is teaching us, and as I praat van die kerk, and praat ek van die oorhoofse kerk, Ek het een probleem in die algemeen, ek geloof dat die kerk is nog steeds die Heerse breid. He's sold out on the church. He's not against the church. He loves the church. Okay? The church is still his beloved goal. But we are so focused on influence and power. We've got this power thrive. Where we, we, we yearn that someone will recognize us. And you can go and look on it. You can gaan kyk ouwens op TikTok, gaan kyk hoeveel eer hulle spandeer op TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, to get validation, to be approved, so that someone would take note and say that I'm okay. Amen? And the Lord's not called us into the area of influence, He's called us into intimacy. I said to my wife the other day, I said, there was a season in my life where I could come and shout for an hour and preach, but I struggled to pray for an hour. And that is influence and not intimacy. That's not the place where the Lord wants us. As soon as you feel that you have to perform so that the, so that the Lord will, will approve of you, then you've already missed it. And the Lord called me into this where I believe He's taking us deeper into the place where we can look in his eyes and realize that his heart does not change on the basis of anything else. There's nothing that I can do that can separate me from the love of Christ. It was, a theo it was not a theology. It was a, a statement made out of intimacy. It was a statement made, made because I can tell you today that my wife loves me with all her heart. She's sold out on me. And I can tell you she, she's, she's stuck with me for the next at least 60, 40, I don't know what God will give us. But not because she has to, because she has chosen me. And so I believe that God is not a man and he does not change his mind. He's not a respecter of persons. So when he came to you, he did not come to you on the basis of your goodness. He came to you knowing that he wants to be good for you. He wanted to be intimate. That was the yearning of God's heart from the beginning. And not influence you so that you would be like he is. Intimacy. I've grown much more to be like my wife. And my wife, when I married her, she was not assertive at all. She could not fight. She could not fight. So she has learned 
to lean to my side. And I've become more gentler, softer, more tender. And there's something that happens, eister slijp eister, amen? Iets gebeur, soos wat ons nader aan mekaar kom. And I experienced, the Lord said to me the following, He said, the area of your greatest lack, I was fatherless, has become what I've called you to represent. The area of your greatest lack, when I grew up, I remember being 12, there was nights where I, I would rather sleep on, st on the street than go back home. Um, I remember sniffing glue and uh, using drugs. I was not willing to go back home because I knew when I got back home there was, there was a beating waiting for me. And I would just be rebellious. It would just be nicer to hang out with the bros and those. Amen. I want to speak on the, the term domesticated because we have a domesticated spiritual life these days. I don't know if you guys have realized that. Now the term domesticated means to tame and kept as a pet or on a farm, like a domesticated dog. Amen? To make someone fond and good at home life and the task that it involves, you've really domesticated him. If an enemy can't stop him, he'll tame him. And that's what I really believe what the Lord is doing in this season is He's going to show us and reveal something for us about where we are at. And this morning, I trust that the word will confront your heart. I'm not praying that the word will be gentle um, on your ears. I've asked the Lord, Lord, in church, we've become so domesticated. We've become so good to try and do what you say. And it's out of the level of where I want to influence people instead of being intimate with him and that overflows. The problem with if you've got a domesticated prayer life, if you've got domesticated worship, it's so tame, it's so gentle. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And it's good. There's a place for it. But I really believe that the Lord is doing something in our domestication where he wants to pull us out of it. He wants to awaken something in us in this season. And I believe that the Lord is calling you out into a deeper level. Into a deeper level. Ek ontdoet ek my vrou gedeit het. Die ding wat die meest impress is my vrou, gevolgens een bykie oor my vrou praat. Ek ontdoet ek al gaan, die eerste, when I went and fetch her for our first dinner, um, and I had a nice song in the car and the next moment she had a flops out and her, her feet were on my, on my dashboard and her toes were doing this and I was like flip girl, where are you from? why you not and I was like yes, I really just like this girl and then the second thing that impressed me the most was usually when I take girls out for dinners in that days I was still lean okay? now I'm eating her lunch and my lunch and <laughs> But in those days, we were basically sharing. So I'll take a girl out and she'll order, we'll order a steak or something. And she'll only eat a small portion of the steak and she'll take the rest as a doggy bag. And then you, when you're sitting up late and you're looking at deep in her eyes, waiting for the kiss or something, you'll hear my stomach. I took my wife out for her first steak and she consumed the whole steak. 
And I was like, flip it, man. No, let's give a hand. That's, that's worthy. I was so blessed by that because she was real. And the, the one thing that, I've, that I thought that I put credit on is the fact if someone is real. And God loves it when we are real and honest and transparent in the place that we are and not have an excuse to stay in that place. But where we stand up and say, Lord, I'm going to resist the devil and he must flee. I'm going to stand up against this thing because I believe your word is greater and higher than anything else. It's the final authority. I believe that your word is the truth and you have come to set me free. I am free indeed. It's not a bold statement that we make in church. It is an active stance that we have in Christ knowing that He has set me free so I can be as He is. Amen? The second term the Lord spoke, spoke to me about was moderation. And we do things so in moderate. The avoidance of extreme or excesses. Um, the avoidance of excess or extremes, especially in one's behavior or political opinions. I believe that the church are going to have to grow a voice in this time against everything. All the unrighteousness that's going out there. You don't need to be popular. That's why I'm making a very clear stance against homosexuality. I'm making a very clear stance. And I can tell you we will not be popular for our opinion. Nobody's going to write a book on us because of that. But the fact is, I've seen more people loved and liberated, not because I walk and judge homosexual people, because we love them into the kingdom of God, and God is still a respecter. He's still, he's still restoring. He's still lifting up and raising and healing the brokenhearted. Amen? Yeah, give him a hand. I believe that the church should have a say about what's going on with abortion. I believe it. I believe we have to stand up against these things and tell our youth, you cannot do it. You cannot kill. And if you have killed, God can forgive you as he has forgiven David and as he has forgiven Moses and many of the others. He can forgive you. But the thing is, we need to have a, a clear communication in the church about what our belief system is and what we believe what represents the father's heart the father's heart is not to kill millions and millions of babies and we've lost the desire to stand for truth and to fight for righteousness the church has grown silent in the area of of where god has called us to be most effective and if you're finding yourself in a place where you're not being salt or light then i, I don't believe you, you you have become one with the gospel then you've not been fathered by the Father. The same Spirit that is in Jesus, that rose Him from the dead, is in us. And that same Spirit has called us not to be moderate, not to do things in moderation. And I, I, I believe, as, as, as I'm going to speak, it, it will make more sense to you. The action of making someone less extreme, intense, or violent. The action of making someone less extreme, intense, or violent. To get you, let's get him, let's do things in moderation. The second term is balanced. Amen? And moderation and balance has become the excuse for us to not live in God's assignment. I'm going to say it again. The mo moderation and balance has become the excuse for us 
do not live in God's assignment. Because we're going to do it so moderate, we're going to do it so balanced, and it's become the excuse why we will not go out to those who are different. Why we will not reach out to those who are sinners. And even in Jesus' time, they were being balanced. They were being moderate. That's not, nothing like the Father out of God. When it comes to your children, you are not balanced. Amen? Weet jou kinders op die school geboel en jy het gesê die ander kind is verkeerd. Of die ander kind is reg. Come on. I want to see a mom, except as an other lady, this other one over the fault gemaakt. A mass for beoordeeld. So is God. So is God. God is so for us. The gedachten that He has over us. Just hear this balance, an equal measure of a multiple of things. Now I'm not talking about living, having a balanced diet. It's not that what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being balanced in your spiritual life. I've heard people say, make the statement, jy moet gebalanceerd wees. Well, I want to see you preach as much as you gospel, uh, gossip. Amen. I want to see you pray as much as you complain. Imagine what will happen if the church turns to God and they believe Him. It means an even distribution of weight enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. Now what is the position of worship in the Bible? It's not being balanced. The position of worship is falling on your face. In adoration before the one who is, was, and will be. When they came into the, the garden of Gethsemane to come and fetch Jesus, they said, who is Jesus? And he said, I am. And they fell on their faces, the word said. I believe that the Lord is going to heal us this morning. And for myself, this word was so relevant. So I believe that the Lord has called us in our spiritual lives to be immoderate. The term immoderate means not sensible or restrained, excessive. It's like when you go and you have immoderate drinking. Okay? I, I want to say we need to drink immoderately in the spirit. The Bible says we need drunk word van wijn nie, want daarin leed losbandigheid, maar word constant gevul met die heilige gees. Amen? Do not get drunk of wine, but be constantly filled by the Holy Spirit. So, I believe that the Lord is calling us into this immoderate place where we are so unbalanced. We are tipping to His side. We are ons is so voorbeoordeeld oor die liefde hart van, van God die Vader dat ons opinie is dat Hij kan. Dat enig iets is moendlik vir hom. Daar is niks wat onmoendlik is vir die een wat glo nie. Amen? You see, we want to balance it out and say, but maybe Lord, maybe we must just Leave room for if it doesn't happen. Wie weet dat die Heere genees vandag nog? Amen. Wie geloof dat God deliver, He still delivers today? Is there anyone that believes it? Who believes that God still enables the church to do signs and wonders? 
Amen. I believe in the prophetic. I believe in the apostolic. I believe that we should be willing and available at any time and at any measure. I believe that the Lord is calling us into this place where it's not comfortable to sit and to hear, but to walk out and to allow Him. But the only way you can do it is to understand that He has loved you first. You are not able. And this morning I'm going to preach on something I preached six weeks ago. And I heard the Lord say to me, go back to it. Go back to it because I want, I want us to tap into that what God is saying. Amen. The second one was unbalanced. I believe that the Lord wants us to be unbalanced in our spiritual life. How balanced can you be in your spiritual life? We use terms sometimes in church that's never used in the Bible. We'll sometimes make up our own terminology that's never used in the Bible. Amen. Contemporary contemporary worship. Where the heck do we get that from? That's no way said. Unbalance is to make someone or something unsteady so that they tip or fall. With other words, they start to worship. Upset or disturb the equilibrium of a state of affairs or someone's state of mind. The shaking can often unbalance even the closest of relationships. God will affect you so to that degree that you can't contain Him, you can't, with, you, you can't underpress Him, you can't give over into yourself. You can't be your old self. Because you're so unbalanced into Him that He has drawn out of you the deep that cries out to deep. The hunger, that heart that says, Lord, here am I, use me. And before you think, you say, Lord, send me. You see, the problem is, we are so balanced, Lord, I can't preach. I can't do this. And then God will overrule the excuse. And I believe that the Lord is doing something so unique in this season. And He's doing stuff. I, I believe that God is restoring the passion back into the church. What is God's passion? Before we say yes, what's God's passion? What is the passion of the Christ? was his love for the lost it was his love towards the lost that he he didn't count himself worthy being god he came down and he became mortal flesh he became sin so that we can become sinless he he made an exchange he was so unbalanced that he made an exchange he was so sold out that he would not could not and will never have settled without us he took in the position and he made himself the center point of what God had to be done all of God's judgment came down on him that was the passion of Christ He's, he was so passionately about us that he would not leave us nor forsake us that's passion, guys. I want to say to you, if you can be with somebody and make the following verse, say, I will never leave nor forsake you. 
I will never leave nor forsake you. I'm going to go f- f- with this thing. We're going through. You've got cancer. He's not going to leave nor forsake you. What can do anything against you? The Lord spoke to me, said to me, Matthias, I want your passion. I want your intimacy. You know when how lovers handle each other at night? When you become intimate, it's that place where you don't make things cheap. I want to see you go into intimacy and you put that on Facebook. That's called pornography. Okay? So you don't make cheap what is so dear and expensive for God. So one thing that I believe that what the Lord is doing is restoring the heart of intimacy. Coming back to the Father, Lord, we want more time in your presence. Father, we are yearning for you. We are yearning for your passion. And that, all of that comes out of identity. Then I heard the Lord says, from that will my presence be revealed. We will see the presence of God upon men and women in this season. And I want to tell you, you don't need to serve the Lord 10 years. You don't need to serve the Lord a year. You can serve Him one month. And you can experience greater miracles than many pastors. God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He's called us for unbroken fellowship. And then I heard Him say to me, Can you have a continued, continued chemistry with me? Or unopgebroken chemistry. Who, who has ever felt chemistry? I mean, yes, like you. I can fly for my sing. I can do. I get blurred out vision. Gekry. Ons is op die kruisvierkamp. En sy het so kort broekie aan gehad. So energie. Ek ontbloot al nou. En sy het so grys hempie aan gehad. Grys broekie. Takkies. En ek het net so stikkie van haar maag. Dus by die trap afkomt, is nie so stikkie van haar maag. Dan denk ek myself, goeie genachtig. Ek was damstrak verlief. Ek swem achter ons. Nou kom ons, ons het een driekamp gedoen. Ons draf. Nou hartelijk ek hier achterak, is so hond wat, wat snuf nie neus gekryd. Nou hartelijk ek hier achterak. Okay? Ek draf nie eers nie. Ek hartelijk achter hy kat aan. Nou kom ons by die, by die swembad. Nou trek sy uit, en toe sal kleer uit trek, toe sê ek sê, man, I'm lost in translation. En ek hoef jy sê, dit het alles begin. Ek was nie verlo- verlief op haar uiterlijke, voordat ek nie al anderlijke gesing het nie dat ek die vrijdagavond instap by die kerk, en ek sien, ek allemaal gaan na die kruisvierkamp, dit is a young adult camp. We go to it because you want to meet a girl. Okay, we're all going, we're, we're players. That's the only reason we go on that camp. Let's be honest. Okay? And some of us went to worship, but not my wife. So when we got there, she was standing behind the chairs. Everyone was worshiping in front. And she was standing be- behind the chairs, and she was dancing. And my eyes caught her reflection. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I've seen someone that loves you more than any attention. And I was so sold out on that girl that day. You know why? Because she was tender towards God. Her heart was, was seeking. She was not there to meet up with man. She was having an encounter with God while everyone was seeking the attention of man. Influence and intimacy is two different things. The kingdom of God is not to grow your TikTok audience. Amen? I don't know for who that is. For all my TikTokers in the church. Maybe get decent pants. <laughs> we are called to be wild and tender. Now I, I'm, for me, it comes naturally to be wild. 
It's not difficult for me to be wild. It's not difficult for me to shout. This morning I don't have much of a, a voice. But I like being loud. Amen? That's my natural. It's difficult for me to become tender. And that's the place where God is drawing me into. It's a place of total uncomfortability. A place where He's calling me when deep cries out to deep. I'm going to ask you guys to go to Genesis 27. Um, hallelujah. When Isaac was old, his eyes were blind so that he could not see. He called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here am I. And he said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Some translations will say, go and get me something wild. And I'm going to read through it quickly, and um, I'll come back. Oh, well, let, let's discuss it. When Isaac was, in, was old and his eyes were blind so that he could not see, now what's the one thing that I'm going to say? The Bible says if your earthly fathers know how to do good, how much more not your heavenly father? Amen? There's something about the heavenly father who does not become bl blind. He does not become dimmed eyes. His eyes does not weaken when it comes to the sons. Amen? And vanochtend is ek praat van seens, ouwens, so veel as het ek deel is van die breid, is jy deel van die seens van God. There's no sexuality, there's no man or woman in Christ, there's no free nor um, uh, slave in Christ, there's no Gentile nor Greek. Okay? So, you, we need to understand, as I, if I speak about the sons this morning, it includes each and every one. Okay? God does not look to you at your sexuality. And the word says, when Isaac was old and his eyes were blind, so that he, that he, that he could not see. He did not have the ability to see. And I'm going to later on spend some time on the idea that Isaac was nothing like God. He called his Esau, his oldest son, and he said to him, my son, and he answered, here I am. Now just quickly, Esau was the oldest son of they were twins. They were the first twins in the Bible. I want to say to you, it's something difficult. We've got two twins here. Stand up. They're both twins. It's twins that's married. They're not Booty and Sissy. They're not twins, but they each have a twin. <laughs> Am I right? Okay, now imagine you're the first man. You look like an underclub. Yeah. Imagine you're the first man to have twins, and you've never seen it. You've never heard of something like it. And now you get these two babies. Why would God give you two and want you to bless one? That's not the father heart of God. There was something in the two that God wanted to bless from the beginning. Who knew that God has the Gentiles in mind just as much as Israel? And that you can't take someone's blessing. But all what happened in this story was there was contention between brother and brother because the father was too blind to lay down the identity on both. And the son never knew and he wanted to compete instead of complete. 
There was this contention, brother against brother, from the beginning. And that which was made to be so close. I can tell you, twins will tell you, they know when something is wrong with the other one. That's how God has made them. In a manier, there's a gevoel wat hulle het. Because they spent time together in the womb. And the father wasn't sure how to handle this situation. And I want to say to you, if there's two nations within you, even the prophetic word that was given, two nations, it's never to compete. If you've got your children competing, they can't tolerate one another. You need to put identity on them. You moet hulle lief hee, en jy moet om laat verstaan, dit is hoe jy uniek is, en dit is how you are unique. And this is why I love you, and I've got so much respect for you, and this is the reason what I see in you. Remind them of who they are. <coughs> he called Esau, his oldest son, and he said to him, my son, and he answered, here, here I am. And he said, behold, I'm old. I do not know the, the, the day of my death. Now then take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. I really believe that there's something about this son. Esau was rugged. He had this red hair. He, he was by a hararig. Amen. And um, he, the father really took delight. And I want to show something out. You know, whenever we read um, of a man in the Bible, it represents the father heart of God. Amen. And when we read of a woman, it represents the church. Amen. The church and the Holy Spirit. But most of the time, it represents a type, a, a typology. I forget who put in English with me. A typology. A typology of, um, of the church and a typology of Christ. And let's look at the next verse. And Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Who's saying that? Can you see that the twins, one was a mama's boy and the other one was the father's son. When they got these children, and I want to tell you something, my kinders is amal, my vrou is lief for and for my kinders. She doesn't have a favorite son, but she loves each of them in their own identity 100%. And the same with me. Even though I fear the daughter of my, I can't in my life think I can't have another man's kind of life. I can't have a to make a And she's bringing so much joy and delight to my heart that I love her exactly the same. 100%. I'm sold out on that little girl. I can always my wife say, the doctor can try to lay on her bed on our honeymoon. I say, you have no brain in your nose. I was so verliefd, I can't even my wife's nose was broken. Ek het gedink, sy het brein oor. Dit was een shocker. Ek het soek huisel na het oogiekies gesoek. En ek het een gul gesoek wat worship. Nou kan my vrou beter sing, maar toe kon sy nie sing nie. Jezus, ek het sê, nee, nee, gul, jy moet stil blij. Ek het so, nou vat ek hierdie klein brein oog, dochterkie vir my, the Lord knew something about my heart a long time ago. En toe ek haar vasthoud, toe sing ek hierdie brein oogies van haar. En ek weet, ek ondou, I remember my first dance with her was when she was three months old. And she came into our house. I took her in my arms and I was dancing with her. Amen. And I knew that very moment. I knew. It was deal for us. God's calling this. You can't take that away. 
Listen here. I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. And all what the mother is doing, and I want to warn you, the church is, if the church is speaking more about your brother than about God, we've got a problem. It's something I want to, uh, and I'll, 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 I'll get to it later on. Bring me game and prepare for me a de delicious food that I might eat it and bless you before the Lord, before the Lord, before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats. Bring me two domesticated animals. The father's desire was for something wild. And what does the mother do? She convinced the son to bring to the father something that is domesticated. Something that represents him. He was the mama's boy staying at home. Esau was the guy of the field, working, going out. Amen? And listen here, now therefore my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats. It's interesting, I believe... Um, if you read the story about the goat, I asked the Lord, Lord, why would Isaac's desire be for the wild things? Why was Isaac's desire there for, why did he want something wild? And the Lord said to me, it was because it was effort to get it. It took effort to go and get something. It is, it is something that did not come cheap, what the father takes delight in. And the father's desire was for something not to be brought for him. He could have just said, just go and get me a, a goat and bring it to me and we will have it. And I can bless you. And listen here, go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare for, for, from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies contention I want to say to you ours, mamas watch out how you stir between your children watch out because if you don't understand the way of God in the one and you are more relating to the other one you'll find your, not only them but yourself in a very difficult place here we see Rebecca moving in the spirit of manipulation She's a manipulator. She's manipulating her son. She's manipulating her husband's um, blessing. She's manipulating because she does not understand that the father's heart, and Isaac did not understand that the father's heart is for everyone. It was for both of them. I'm going to prove it to you this morning. It was not one or the other. It was not that I love the one more than the other. She was manipulating him. And I want to tell you this morning, if you've got a way of manipulating, you need to go and say, Lord, change my heart. Help me. I need to change from that. Her name means, in Hebrews, captivating or snare. She's a spinster. With other words, literally. Her name means captivating, capturing something. She's ensnaring it. Or a spinster. Say, so sit you in a, in a vep. And it is interesting how Isaac's delight or choice on women was somebody from his mother's family with the same principles. 
Amen. Saul dan sê daar, sy is lelik met haar gewees. Sy was kwaad. Sy gee haar, sy sê van, laat my man jou gebruik, want God gaan nie sy belofte aan my doen nie. Let my husband use you, and then when she conceived the child, she was jealous. I see the same with Rebecca. It's this continual competitiveness within the church. And you know what the problem is with this? Is we, we are struggling with our, our identities in church. We don't know who we are in Christ Jesus. And that always makes us to compete against our brother. It always puts us in that position where we want to outrun the other one. Look at James, look at Peter, or John and Peter. In Genesis 3 verse 6, it says, So the women, when the women saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, it was a delight to the eyes. Say for your vrouw, you hou van die mooi goed. Say for die mooi goed hou, is soos Eva. It was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. The tree was to, to, to be desired to make one wise. I want to say to you, I spend time on that portion of scripture. Lord, the Bible says, Cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. The tree has made me wise. It's made me wise. I've seen through the tree. I've seen God's plan in creation. The, the, and, the, and the Bible says, She took off the fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Flap ou, prunetu lake is hierdie grinadella. Amen. God is in the church as Adam saw Eve. Hy is voor beoordeel, klaar oor ons. Adam could not see fault with his bride. He was not looking at any fault within his bride. His desire was for her and her alone. Let's be back in Genesis 27. I'm going to speak. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. Send for the long show. Kijk for him, say for him, he's of hairy or smooth. But you can't be both. Rian, jy is a hierdie ou. Ok. Jy is a smooth ou. Dat is een voorkop van jou ou. Ja, sekere plekke. Ek wil nie jou rugsing nie. Luister mooi. Perhaps my father will feel me. What if the father touches me? Hy praat met sy ma. He's speaking to the church. What will happen... If the father discerns that I'm the smooth one and not the hairy one. What will happen if the father will discover my true intention? Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. I want to say to you that there was something about Jacob Because Jacob means deceiver. There was something in his character because he was leaning to his mother's side that he became, you become a much alike like the people you hang around with. Amen. If you spend more time with mama in the kitchen and you're gossiping always, you're always going to keep on gossiping. So you need to lean more to the other side 
Okay? And maybe it would have been good for the son to, to experience something new. Maybe going to the father. And not, you will make, you, jy gaan nie groot maak en ek gaan hierdie ene groot maak. And the one was smooth and the one was hairy. The one was delightful for the father, the one was delightful for the church. Now I want to say to you, you can't be delightful to the church. The delight must always lie towards the father. Listen here, perhaps my father will feel me and see that I'm mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. And his mother said to him, let your curse be on me. Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go and bring them to me. If she's cursed, who's cursed? Everything that comes out of her. So the curse is in any case coming to him. The thing is, how many times do we get deceived by the church where we want to be something that we are not? Where I'm trying to be something that I'm not. Where I'm moving and operating in a gifting because I believe that that is what the Father takes delight in. I'm always in this place where I'm trying to compete because I don't understand that the Father is for me and not against me. And I, I ask the Lord, Lord, you need to reveal this for us because there's something if we keep on competing in church that will never come to the place where we are unified. There where the body is... The whole body joined together, working as one. There where there is unity, God demands a blessing. The heart of the Father is to unify us and to bring us together into His will. And I believe that Isaac and Rebecca missed something about the, the, the Father heart of God. Remember what happened with Isaac and Ishmael? They were brothers and they were torn apart. Why? Because of the, because of the mothers. Because of the church. And from the beginning we can see that the father of faith had the effect that the church was torn into. That people were divided and people couldn't get together because we can't see eye to eye with someone that looks different, acts different and have different feelings or values than I have. Yeah. The one thing that I appreciated about David was the fact that David wasn't going to war trying to be Saul. He wasn't going to war with the giant thinking that he could overcome the giant in Saul's armor. He wasn't going to battle any man according to the flesh. He was going in the intimacy and in the, in the influence, not in the influence, in the um, presence of the Lord. He knew who his God was. And that's why he was going to stand up against the giant and declare what the father's heart is, even though he felt he was never a beloved son in the house. But identity first comes from God the Father. So even if your natural father failed to give you identity, it can be restored because God is known to be the father of all. The one who restores and brings back and puts back value. I believe that the church should stop trying battling in someone else's identity. Imagine you singing your own song. Imagine you praying your own prayers. 
Imagine you praising God in your way. In the way that you feel comfortable with God. Imagine you accepting. I mean, when I met Wilhelm, he had long hair, but he's a bald guy. Take off your head. I'm going to expose you now. Okay. Put your head like that. And he had the hair only to, the, to here, and he had this hair coming from the back, combing it forward. Okay? You can go and sit. Sleepio. <laughs> and I said to him, what the heck are you doing? And he says, like, what? I said, no, man. That doesn't look nice. It doesn't look right. Cut it off. You're not meant to have a... I'm, I'm getting there. I'm going to cut my hair. It's the same. Okay? And one of the things that I believe is that God wants to show put his identity upon us that we will not try and be approved or validated by people in church anymore. That people won't be the main reason or that people will not be the main drive of how I am accepted by God or what my value is in God. How I am loved by God is how people respond towards me. If I'm liked or favored or not. I remember, I was a young preacher. I would go and look on my Facebook account to see how many people. I'm not even on Facebook these days. I would go and look how many people have shared my comment or tagged or liked. And then I would fi figure out, wow, let's go look at this guy. And I will do a comparison. And the main thing that it reflected was the insecurity in my own heart. Not knowing who and what I was. And what God's plans were for me. So I would go and look. And I'll, I'll feel and I'll go and I'll get these dips. And I said to my wife one day, I said to her, the Lord showed me a picture where I was running on a treadmill next to a guy in the gym. Who's ever done that? And now you're trying to outrun the guy next to you. And he's going to six, so you're going to seven. He's going to eight, you're going to nine. And you grow, 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 grow. She's stupid, though. And I had to say, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And the Lord showed me a picture. He said to me, Adam was born out of the Father. We know that there was two men born out of God. The first man was Adam. And he was born as a mature man. In the image of God. In the likeness of God. He looked like God. He was the direct representative of God. He had no sin. He had the nature of God. And the next moment he fell in his identity. Because he didn't go through a process. Amen. He went through no suffering. We want to be angry at God for processes in our lives instead of thanking Him for the things that we go through because that qualifies us and makes us discover who He truly is. Amen. Yeah. You see, the problem was Adam was born a grown man, but when Jesus came, He was born a, a baby. And He was born out of God and He went through the process in pleasing and finding out who he was. Also in the image of God, in the likeness of God without sin. And the two men became so obvious that you're either going to be in God's image, being under the church system, guided by the church opinion, eating the fruit of what is offered, or you're going to be this, in the spirit Adam, the Jesus Adam, where you eat the fruit of the Spirit because you have believed what He has said about you. You see, that validates me. 
That's what I'm, I'm saying to the Lord. Sometimes the Lord takes delight in our processes. We're going through a tough time, guys. I don't know about you. We're going through a tough time financially in our country. Many people are suffering. I believe there's value in it. I'm thanking God for the very place we're at. And when we get through at the end of the month, I'm like, Lord, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful, Lord, because you've not failed me yet. I'm trusting the Lord for so many things, and I'm feeling insecure. Lord, are you going to do it or are you not? And he's asking me, what is my character like? What do you say about me? What do you believe who I am? The process of maturity, God values it. Who knows that God values seed? That's the reason why I did not take up an offering this morning. Because mature men, men who are fathers, are natural givers and not takers. If you, have, if you are still on milk, you'll always be a taker. But as soon as you get to the solids, you become a giver. You become someone that says, Lord, hear him, I use me. I want to go out. I want to be an answer. I want to be a light in a dying world. I want to be the one that goes out and represents you because I know your word will not go back void. I know that you are faithful yesterday, today, and up until forever. So I know, Lord, you're going to do it. You see, sometimes the process of maturing in God, I mean, God is the creator of everything, yet he planted a garden. <sighs> he could have just established everything. And then he allowed us to go through certain things in our lives. You know why? I believe that's why, one of the reasons why Adam significantly failed. Because even though he was in the likeness of God, he didn't knew God. If he knew God, he wouldn't have taken the Grenadella. <laughs> Genesis 27, 15. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son. Listen what the church is doing. Ons gaan hierdie pastoor, ons gaan jou nou maak, Matthijs, jy gaan Stephen Furtick wees. Amen. Which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, a younger son. She's teaching him to deceive. Imagine the fruit that's coming up from that. Amen. My maat my help skoolbank. Daarvoor was ek baie dankbaar. <laughs> We think the only way we can get to the Father's blessing is to dress up like our brothers. The only way that we get close to the Father is when we look and smell like the guy that's sitting next to me. Because God has chosen him. There's such an inferior complex within the church in this day. And the reason why it is, is because there's no fathers. People are not fathering this generation. They call us the faceless, fatherless generation. I refuse that statement. I say, Lord, it's not the truth. If there's only a handful, Lord, put, leave me in this small town. But let us be men and women that know our God, that believe in Him, that, that stays with Him, that we will not sell out. I want to tell you, I cannot make God more happier if there were sitting 2,000 people this morning. God would have not been more pleased of me if we had a crusade of 100,000 people. His heart was still exactly the same. So the problem is in church, why do we go and try to pray like others, worship like others? Why do we do it? I remember being a young student, 
I would pray for the sick like this because Neville was praying for the sick. I've told the story before. And he had gout in his little pinky. And his pinky was always, he can't straighten his pinky. So his pinky is always like that. So I thought there was a certain recipe you need to follow so that God can heal. So I was like, and then I, one day he was like, why are you doing that? I'm like, no, see you. I was being fathered by him. But he never told me he's got gout. And I was looking like an idiot for the first three years of ministry. And I was like, Lord, heal me from this broken heart. Remember, I told you guys, I was not fathered. My father, my parents divorced when I was very young. I had a good stepfather, but he was not involved. I was never fathered. The problem in this generation is if you're not fathered, you do not know how much God values you. How much he loves you. How much he thinks about you. You're always trying to compete. Because maybe the teacher will give you the validation. Maybe you will be once okay. And not rejected. And accepted. And God had to come and heal that broken heart. Which needed such, so much validation. So he went to the father and said. Genesis 27, 18. So he went to the father and said. My father. And he said. Here I am. Who are you, my son? Now I want to ask you today, who are you? Who are you? If you're approaching the Father this morning, who are you? We put up these masks and we try and make it through life. And we believe you need to have a certain way and a certain thing to survive. And it doesn't help. And you go miserable through your marriage. Trying to wear a 32 jean, but your body's not going to ever allow you to wear it. I'm never going to get into a 30 jean. I can do all, I, I can fast for the rest of my life. I will not get into a 28. I've never been a 28. I just need to accept that God has called me with less hair and more beautiful than me, most men. Okay? <laughs> A smooth operator. Everyone. <laughs> and Jacob said to the father, <coughs> I want you to hear. And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. He's lying. He's deceiving his father. Jacob is saying, Father, I am my brother. And that's what we do in church. We come in front of God believing that we are someone else. And the Lord said to me, the problem was in the fact that he was the firstborn. That he was the firstborn. It's, I'm in verse 19. The first, the, it lies in the firstborn. If your dad has never told you that you are first, that you're the best, that you're his favorite, you will always struggle and want to get that validation from someone else. I've tried this. I've got a few spiritual fathers. Uh, Reinhardt is dead. One of the guys that mentored and fathered me was definitely Peter. I've got Neville. And I've got Angus. And I want to tell you, everyone is not so involved. But there were some of those guys that shaped me. They walked the road with me and they kept me accountable. And they believed that I was first. I want to say to you, there was many other places that, or many other places that Peter could have gone. He's still stuck with us. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game. 
that your soul may bless me. He's not there for the presence. He's there for the... I want you to observe it. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? How is it that you got this game so easily? And he answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. And now he's again manipulating his father. Why? Because Isaac is going back all the way to the day his father should have sacrificed him. And he was saved by game. Remember? The father's heart and delight is for game. Why? Because it's the very reason why he got saved. When I got this revelation, I all of a sudden realized why this whole thing was going on. What is busy happening here? Because the Lord your God granted me success. Abraham, do not put your hand to your son. Now he believes that his son found favor and he's not going to contend against God. He's dim in his eyes. He's blind because of his age. And now his son, because he didn't validate him while he had the eyes and could have seen him. Now he's a grown man and the sons are competing against one another and not standing up. And then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you. Remember when he came in, he said, you sound like Jacob. Please come near that I may feel you, my son. And I want to ask you, when last has the father felt you? When last has he placed his hands and touched your smooth places? And you've not been shy for who you are. Now when... I, I like, I mean, I would dance for my wife. I wouldn't dance in my underwear here. I would do anything. Because I know I'm accepted there. So I don't feel that I need to be validated or approved because she's already chosen me. You know what God is doing? He's restoring the hearts of the sons by understanding the heart of the father. It's when we can understand the heart of the Father that we can have this breakthrough. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I can feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. I want to touch you. I want to get my hands all over you. And now, now I felt this. I've got this experience in my heart. But I know that the Lord wants to touch me. And the one thing is, it was easy for me to be hard. It was difficult to allow my heart to be tender. And God takes the light in both of them. It's not either Isaac. It's not either Jacob or Esau. It was in the both of them that God sent the blessing. It was in the two nations. The one was going to represent the Gentiles and the other one was going to represent the first people. The people out of God. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come near, verse 22. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice. But the hands are the hands of Esau. They were twins. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him. So he blessed him. I want to tell you something. Just as a curse can't come to light, you can't take my blessing. 
No one can ever obtain the blessing of God on your life. When God he gave it to you as a gift, He gave it only to you. He chose you by the name and He gave you certain gifts. And He blessed you with certain qualities. You've never had the ability to choose how long you're going to be or how tall you're going to be, how much hair you were going to have. You can exercise more. You can maybe look like Flippy or like me, depending on what you do. <laughs> Flippy, do you want to stand next to me and compare? <laughs> In any case, um, you can either be Flippy or me, good looking. <laughs> okay? Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near me that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son is so or not. And I want to say to you something, that God has discerned your voice. He said the voice was Jacob's, but the hands and the arms is his house. And I thought to myself, Lord, if Isaac could just there experience something about the father heart of God. I want to, I want to make a radical statement. It is hypocrisy to call yourself anti-religion. And you do not embrace, embrace those who re religion rejects. I want to tell you that's the reason why I love. I love my people. I'm proud of my, my boys. Many mistakes were made. That's why God's heart was always towards the lost. His heart is, has always been towards the lost, towards the prostitutes. I'm not free from religion because I come to church in blue jeans and white tackies and a shirt. Some people think you are charismatic or you are free of religion because you're not coming with a tie. That's so far from the truth as can be. It's got nothing. It's, I'm not free because I've got tattoos. I'm free from tradition. I'm not a traditional guy. Amen. It's again, we're coming to the place. If I have to validate you on who you are, and I only work nice with you according to your bank account, I'm a Pharisee. I only love you because I can gain from you. And that's exactly what the church was doing under the influence of the mother because they were coming for the blessing and not the presence. The interesting thing for me about this father was none of the two sons were coming to spend time with the father before he died. They both were coming only for the blessing. They both were there for the blessing. And that's why I've made this statement. I can never call anyone too far gone. I can never come to the point where I give up on people. Because I've never seen God give up on anyone. He's never walked out on anyone. So how can we? I believe what's not religion, what's breaking religion, like I said, is not the fact that I wear jeans. It's the fact that God leaves the 99 and He chases after the one. That's breaking religion. That's the, the heart of the Father is to chase after the prostitute and after the woman at the well and after the blind Bartlemias. And He goes to those people who is most unworthy and should not get anything and He still chooses them. Because he has felt them, the desire, 
I want to say to you this morning, if you're sitting here with a broken heart and scars because you were never validated as a son by your father, the father this morning wants to restore it. The father this morning wants to say, man, I want to approve of you. I've called you by the name. One of the things was as Esau's clothes was on Jacob, his father was smelling him. Genesis 27, 27. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of, the smell of my son is, at, is as the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. And the father, it's interesting that God allowed him to be blind, but that he was still hearing accurate and his smell was still accurate. He was hearing the voice of Jacob, but he was smelling Esau. And I want to say to you that contention that's been going on all this time. Am I all right? Am I loved? Have he chosen me? Do you have a plan for me, Lord? Lord, do you want to be good to me? Yes. Do you want to change my life? Yes, he does. So the problem with Isaac was that he was blind. His ears could hear, but he couldn't listen. And I want to say to you, many of us have become Isaacs in this generation because arki no se If you've never been father, you won't be fathering. You can have as many children as you want to. It doesn't make you a father. If you're not proactive and evolved, a kind soek een ding, en hulle noem het It's time. They want quality time. They want time on your lap. They want time where you say to them, I love you. And it doesn't need to be in an expensive resort with expensive things going around. It's about telling them how much you love them and how much you believe in them. And that's what you need to hear in your heart to really understand that the Father wants breakthrough for you because then you'll be a son that is excelling and you can get and retain the blessing of the Father because you are first. He has called you first. The problem that I had with Esau was that he only had one blessing. How can you have twins and you only have one blessing? That's nothing like God. And if it was twins, what if you repeated the blessing? I believe that there was a double blessing. Who's heard when people get pregnant and they say they've got twins, they say there's a double blessing. Amen? A triple blessing if you've got triplets. So now you've got this father fathering two sons involved with one and not involved in the other. And the one feels naked because he's smooth and the other one feels validated because he's hairy. I said to my, my one son during the week, I said to him, there was three times that God audibly spoke in the Bible I'm, uh, with, with Jesus. And um, the one was at his baptism. Okay? Do you guys know where the other was? Where? The Mount of Transfiguration and the third one? No. He did, God didn't speak on the cross. It was in John 12. It was in John 12. And in John 12, 
It was just before he went, John 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I always say it needs to be read as one. One portion of scripture. In John 12, he validated Jesus in front of the people. Jesus was speaking about his crucifixion. And then he, he, the, some, some translation said, and God spoke like thunder. Some heard thunder. And he said, it was on your behalf why he spoke, not on mine. He has believed what he has said. I want to say to you that Jesus' mind was made up because he knew he was the beloved of the Father. He knew that he was validated. He knew that his Father approved of him. And that's why he could become the Lamb. I want to say to you, being a man, a son of God, that you can be tender and you can be rugged. That I feel that God is calling both of us, but that you should lean into that which God has naturally called you into that comfort zone of the comforter and not comfort the lie that has been given. It's to be in that place where you absolutely take the heart of the Father. Luke 15. Let's turn our pages. Luke 15. I'm going to read out of verse 18. And I'm going to conclude. Um, wil jy, ek kan amper van my voorin te kom, ook na hierdie, you know. Luke 15, 18 says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I believe that this parable was about Jacob and his house, by the way. I believe that this is a good reflection. If there should be an Old Testament story that is linked to this, I believe it's... Um, it's the story of most of the translations will call it the prodigal son. The Passion Translation calls it the loving father. I'm reading out of the ESV and it says, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Remember now this guy went and he wasted and he squandered all that God gave him or his father gave him in prostitution and he ended up in a pigsty and he was, was yearning to eat the food of the pigs. And he came to his sound mind. He said to himself, How many of my father's servants are better off than I am here? And I'm sitting here in a mess. I'm going back to the father. And I'm going to ask him that he should forgive me and treat me as a servant. I can tell you, you can never be treated as a servant. God has not called us to be servants. I'm not the servant of the Most High. I'm a son. A servant does not know what the master is doing, the Bible says. He said, but I've called you into intimacy. We were in the revelation that we were servants. But I believe that God has called us so much deeper, so much closer. And he's placed us right next to him. And he's given us his beloved identity, sonship. He even says that he engraves his name on us. Imagine God so sold out on you, made by China, made by daddy. Amen. He engraved his name upon us. He calls you by a name that he's, he's given you. And listen here, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And he kissed him over and over and over and over again. The, trans the, trans the Passion Translation said. I'm not going to go into the same one that I did the other day. The reason why I feel my heart so moved in this. 
is because I want to put the focus back on the loving father. The one that when he saw him returned, he would not have, and he took out his book of memories and thinking to himself, okay, let's get this figure out. Didn't you take half of my possessions? And didn't you do this? He did not keep book of anything that was wrong. He did not keep in his mind anything that was between him and the Father, or, or between him and the Son. And there's something that's reflected out of the Father heart of God. And he arose and came to his Father. But while he was still a long way off, his Father saw him and he felt compassion. I want to say to you, when your heart turned, the Father was already on his way. When your heart was saying, Lord, is there a way you can forgive me? He said, yes, I have. I tell you, he have. God is so voorbeoordeeld for ons. He is so unbalanced tegenover ons. That he will leave everything and go after us. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. He speaks about this man acquiring or, or buying this field. And he, he sells everything to buy this field. He gave everything to follow after me. And listen here. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. Can he smell you? Imagine this guy coming out of the pigsty. He's so ashamed. He feels so self-aware. And here the father is smelling the wildness on him. And it's still appealing to the father. Nothing could separate you from the love of the father. Nothing in the whole creation. No death, no angel, no sword, no famine. There's nothing that can be able to separate you. And I see something about the father's heart. is as he leans onto his son. And he starts kissing him. The most affection the most the highest level of intimacy with god is when god starts kissing you i said to you the other day i've come to a place where i felt god flirting with me and he's flirting with my heart it sounds so unreligious i felt him drawing me close you know what is what is prompting my heart, what, is, what prickle my heart in this season, is the fact that I believe that He's got eyes for me and me alone. He's watching my every step not to see if I'm failing. The Bible speaks of the cloud of witnesses. The cloud of witnesses is not taking any, is not keeping book of what we are doing wrong. The cloud of witnesses is, is keeping book of what he has done right. And as we believe him, they encourage us. Verse 21, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servant, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put the ring on his hand and the shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Let us eat and celebrate. Now, I'm not going to go. In the Passion Translation, say, it says, Bring my own robe, my very own robe, and put it on him. Imagine, now all of a sudden, you are walking around with the Father's identity. I'm not smelling the pig on you. I'm smelling his perfume. I'm smelling the Father's fragrance. I remembered when I was a very young boy. My, my parents got divorced, and um, some weekends my mom would drive us off 
from the Lofal to come to Pretoria. And um, we'll get to my father's car. And he, he drove a Cressida. Toyota Cressida. A three liter. And we were lying on the back seat. Now we, we, should, we must sleep because it's already light. And he would listen. This nice music. The aircon was very cold in the car. And I would look out the windows. And nobody in the is UFOs like. So I would look at the, the lights as we drove by and I thought to myself, yes, man, just look at all these aliens. and How cool is it not? We were still surprised by stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it's like guys playing with their PlayStation 16. <laughs> just very cool. <coughs> and um, I remember when I got into his car, I will catch the smell. He, he, he wore Aramis. And I caught that smell. And it's a smell up until today when I smell it, I still relate. I can still smell the Father. It's 28 years ago. I still smell the Father. You know what the Lord said to me the other day? He said, I've placed my fragrance on you. And you still smell like me. Because I've loved you, man. I've loved you. Listen here. For this, my son, I was dead. For this, my son was dead, and he's alive again. He was lost, and he's found now. And they began to celebrate. When last have you felt the Father celebrating you and not finding fault with you? I want you to hear, listen, verse 25. Now his oldest son was in the field. And he came and drew near to the house. And he heard the music and dancing. He heard people rejoicing. I told you the church has been doing this the whole time, bringing contention. From the beginning, the women brought contention. Um, and he called one of the servants and he asked what this meant. And he asked what it meant. Listen here. And he called one of the servants. It's the older brother now. He's not going to the father. He's not inquiring from the father because he feels insecure. Why is there something happening and I do not know about it? And I felt the same jealousy in my heart because sometimes God will move in another place. And I feel that he's not using me. You know what? There's room enough for everyone. You know what the Lord is doing here? He's challenging the hearts. The interesting thing he was, is why does he call the servants? And he would not inquire from the dad. Because he does not feel that he could relate or speak to the father. And the action, what was going on there, revealed something not about the father's insecurity or hurt or the brokenness that the father wanted to inflict. It was the insecurity of his heart because he was never beloved. He was always trying to work and attain grace by God or by his father through what he has done. And the moment when something else or someone else came into the scene which did not work or do the same as he has done, he felt insignificant and insecure. And that's what's happening in the church is we are drawing everyone back because we're so afraid that someone will advance. And that's why the kingdom of God is suffering.
because we have not seen that the Father's heart is to lie identity on us and to lavish His love and that His heart is for us and not against us. We've not understood that He has approved of us. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ came and He died for us. Listen here. The servant asked, and he asked what this meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. Your brother. Your booty is struck by the ice. And the father has killed the fattened calf. Because he had received him back safe and sound. And then the word says, but he was angry and he refused to go in. He was angry because his brother is alive. He was angry because he felt that the father tolerated sin within him. He was angry because the father was not balanced. He was angry because the father wasn't domesticated. He was angry. Lord, why do you tolerate these things? Remember when Peter and John came into the city, they said, Lord, if we were you, we would call down fire. Let's pray and call down fire. Elijah brought down fire. Jesus said, I did not come to judge. He came to save those who were lost. He came to call those out of the pigsty. He came to call you and say, man, I want to show you something about yourself that you have never seen. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. It has not sprung up in the heart of man. That is what I have in store for you. But you can't believe it if you've not believed that you are first. You cannot believe it. You cannot take it. You cannot make it your own. And the reason why I can preach this this morning is because it was so a problem in my own heart. And he said to him, your brother has come. And your father has killed the fat and calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and in, entreated him. I want to say to you, the father came and met both sons outside the house. He met each one on his level. The one coming feeling so unworthy, feeling so unwelcome. And the other one so angry. So angry because of what the other got and he never got. Let's look at the father's heart. But he answered his father, Look these many years, I have served you. I've been a servant. I've served you. And I never disobeyed your command. I've always been pleasing. Yet you never gave me a young goat. You never took out the wild things for me. You never took out the domesticated things for me. That I may celebrate with my friends. And yet here my brother comes and you bring out the fattened calf. Isn't it the same story? Think of Jacob. Jacob was domesticated. He took the, the calf out of the, and his, his mother made it. Esau went and he, he, he got the game. Listen here. But when the son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. I don't believe that this is a bad reflection on the father. I don't think that the father was unfair. Who of you 
if you are able to receive your son back out of death would not grab him with both of your hands who of you if you could deliver your child would not do it if your earthly fathers know how to do good how much more not your heavenly father and he said to him son you are always with me and all this and all that is mine is yours now what the father says to him i don't believe that one of these sons had identity and it's not because they did not have a good good father it's just that they never knew that they were first and he made a statement he said you always had this at any time you could have participated and got it but you were so trying to please me and serve me and build me that you would not require or ask for anything now what's the problem that I see in church these days? We are so worried that we will trouble God. We are so scared that He will say no. That we will just rather roll with the punches and accept that it's no. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Know what the Lord is saying to me about this portion of Scripture? He says to me, if you can't celebrate your brother, if you can't celebrate someone else, if you are sitting here and you've got um, anxiousness towards people, it's time to celebrate. It's time to celebrate them. It's time to recognize that the Father's heart is not against anyone. If you want to be on the Father's side, Come and participate. Get into the water. Don't be domesticated. Don't be moderate. Don't be balanced. Get uh, past the point where you are so sober-minded and so figured out and knowing exactly what the Father wants. What I do believe in this season is that God is placing His hand on men and women and He's saying, I'm calling you forward just for a moment let's just close our eyes let, let's, let the Holy Spirit just minister to us just let Sachis speak of us spell Kosharaba Sheteter de Bebe Sikatarabobobo Shelele Painter de Sheteter de Bebe Sikati Antarda Kosharabo Satatarda Baba Sheketi Antarda Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us so. Koshara <laughs> 
Just there where you are sitting, let the Holy Spirit just minister to you this morning. I believe that the Holy Spirit is, is touching you this morning. He's a good, good father. You need to know this morning that he says that he's your good, good father. He wants to be there for you. He wants to be in your sitting, in your lying down. Here the Lord says that all the rejection and all the lies but you never experience that the Lord says that I will establish you. I will raise you up. I will put your feet back on f- f- solid ground. You will never wonder again if I have called you because I have called you by my name. I have called you. The Lord says, so you will father, you will father many others. You will father, you will walk in front and others will follow. They will see that my hand is upon you. For I have delivered you from the jaws of death. I've delivered you, but the enemy intended to kill and destroy. I will restore and I will give back. So I'll make you a father, one that lays down. Jesus. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. If you need the Father's affirmation this morning, if you need, know that you need to father others, I want you to come to the front. I want to anoint you. I want to pray with you this morning. I know we're a bit late. But I want you to come out to the front. Why? Because we are not balanced. We are not moderate. We're not going to be domesticated. Thank you, Jesus. Say a word, you're a 
good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. So the Lord says you will know that you are first. So thank you, Jesus, Lord, you restore, you restore, you love, you pick up, Father, you establish, Lord. Perfect in all of your 
never accepted the Lord as your Lord and Savior, as your Father. As you've never Jesus accepted as your personal salvation. You've never felt the Father's touch over you. You've never felt His eyes over you. If you need to give your heart to Jesus this morning, if you need to give your heart and your life to Jesus, maybe you say, I've given my heart to Jesus, but I've never given my life to Him. With other words, I'm not living a life surrendered. And I want to present that opportunity. I want you to, to raise your hand just the way you're sitting. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come Father in this season, so you will be a good, good Father. You will know the hands of the Father. He's healing you. He's healing you. And the fight is finished. You don't need to win the fight anymore. Because you've lost it all. And you've given it to him. A total surrender. Never the same in Jesus' name. Never the same. He has drawn you out. He has called you by your name. And you will know that you are his beloved. Thank you, Jesus. It's a stunning girl. Love your looks. What's your name? Nastasha. Nastasha, I can zoom in so much for you. I can't Perfect to us, perfect to us, you guide us, 
staan net so vinnig op. Sê vir my net jou hand boop jou boos vir oogend. Um, Julle is welkom om aan te gaan om te bedien. Julle voel ook te bedien nie. Sê jou hand vir oogend net op jou boos sê. I really believe that this generation needs to father. The only way that we will be able to father is if we know that we have been fathered. If we know what our father feels about us. I said the other day, Mike Bickle made a statement. He said that all of God's judgments are aimed at that which removes you from his love. All of God's judgments are aimed at that which removes you from his love. Whatever tells you this morning that you are less loved, either your finances, your physical health, your emotional health, if you're struggling this morning with bipolar, you need to come. You need to come so that we anoint you. Why? Because the Father wants to place His identity on you. You cannot be two-minded. Bible says, man van twee gedagtes is onstabiel in all sy A man of two minds is unstable in all his ways. She lay your hand on your heart this morning. Just make this confession. Say, Lord, I've been accepted 
you were condemned. I'm raised up. And you call me by my name. Give me the ability, Lord, to love my brother, to see him advance, to forgive, so that I can be able to reflect you and your heart. Help me, Lord, that I would know that I'm desirable for you. Help me, Lord, that I would father this generation in the image of our Father. Deliver me, Lord, of everything that tells me that I'm not worthy, that I'm not accepted. My validation comes from the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. So just for a moment, just let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart. Holy Spirit, this morning we declare a hopeful future. We open up doors that seem to be closed, Lord. Lord, we open up opportunities. Father, thank you, Lord, that you make a way where there seems to be no way. This morning, Lord, I pray, Father, that people will have praise on their lips. There will be no more balance in us, Father. We will not come and seek you in a... a we, we will come, Lord, and seek you to the extent where we won't stop. We won't return back void. We will be like that widow that continued asking, and she did receive. So, Lord, I release just this morning your blessing, your love, your peace, and your guidance on your people. Never the same in Jesus' name. Never the same. Be blessed and go out in his beloved identity knowing that the father has chosen you first in Jesus mighty name Amen Amen Jylle net vir oogend so bles is welkom enig iemand wat gebed nodig het jylle so welkom om voorin toe te kom ons wil graag saam met jou bid as jy van oogend voel, jy voel hoopeloos, jy het nie raad nie ek het mense wat saam met jou wil bid ons wil vir jou bid spesifiek Flip, ek hoef julle net bid, want ek het julle langklaasse sien ou, so ek gaan nou bykie op jou pik, jy moet net kom, want ek jou bykie salf. En ek geloof vanochtend net, dat die Heere wil kom, en die Heere wil kom harte losmak, as jy hier so sit, en jy is onzeker, jy voel onzeker, oor jou moore, oor jou toekomst, ek kan rechtig nie hem vanochtend hier uitgaan, as jy onzeker voel nie. This is the season of God's turning, the hearts of the sons back to the Father. I really don't want to be unsensitive towards anyone. I will stay here, ek het mense wat wel by my braai, julle gaan net laat eet, maar die gevolg is dit is, is, I want to see people get healed from anything that has been pulling you down and telling you that you're not worthy. Ek bles julle net vanochtend, ons is lief vir julle, waardeer julle, um, ja, kom, kom voor om te vergebed en vir die rest van julle, julle moet een geseende zondag hee, um, weet nog ons is lief vir julle, Amen.